Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. turning there men do not forget those of you those eight of you that are going that will be leaving next friday at uh, eight o'clock in the morning leaving from the church to go to men's conference so be aware of that also there's leadership today at 4 30 leadership today at 4 30 in the back for who that uh involves as well so don't forget those items ladies we're not leaving you out district women's conference be just a couple weeks then from this weekend so uh going to be good good times in the lord Amen. Got a couple married off yesterday. Tyler and Jennifer got married yesterday, so now they're husband and wife and all that that entails. And so here we are on this Sunday morning. Psalm 71. I'm going to begin reading with verse number nine. And I admit I, I was just going to uh, cherry pick just like maybe four verses out of the passage that I was going to read to you today. But I went on and thought, well, just to give them a good feel for where we're at, I'm going to read for about nine verses. So uh, I think you all will be okay. Amen. Standing for nine verses of the Lord of the Lord this morning, starting in verse number nine, Psalm 71 and verse number nine. David here, the psalmist, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth, for mine enemies speak against me and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me, O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall shew forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Amen. Amen. What a cry of David. It's just, isn't it? It's just so easy to read the Psalms. It's so easy to read David. There's just an ebb and flow. Amen. With him, with the mind of this being grandparents day this morning, I want to come to you today on this subject matter, the strength of years, the strength of of years. I'm preaching for our elders, to our elders, and for all of us, but I want to hone in on this Grandparents Day, amen, and talk to you about the strength of years. Father, I come to you today. I'm grateful, Lord, that we have been able, Lord, together here this morning, God, you're able to touch each and every soul. 
each and every heart. God, I pray, Lord, you minister, Lord Jesus, to our grandparents. God, those, Lord, that may, God, be aged even today, Lord, in that respect. I pray, oh, Lord, we need your spirit, Lord, to find us, Lord, in this building and in, Lord, the preaching and teaching, God, of your word. I pray, oh, God, today, comfort and strengthen. Lord, I pray, Jesus, direct, Lord, and give destination, Lord Jesus, to those, God, that are seeking it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The strength of years. You may be seated. The strength of years. Moses, at 80 years of age, led millions of people out of captivity from Egypt. Caleb, at 85 years of age, said, Give me this mountain. And indicated in the moment that he said that, that he was as strong and as determined as he was 40 years earlier. In our world today, in society, a few names that you may recognize, Colonel Sanders, at 70 years of age, discovered finger-licking good chicken. Ray Kroc, at 70 years of age, introduced to us on the menu of McDonald's the Big Mac. Casey Stignall, at 75 years of age, came to be the manager of the Yankees baseball team. Picasso, amen, was still painting at 88 years old. George Washington Carver became head of the Agriculture Department of the United States of America at the ripe old age of 81. John Wesley still traveled on horseback and was preaching at 88 years of age, many times today, old age is viewed as a state of repose, as a state of uselessness, if not by society, sometimes even by those who are aged themselves. It is this class of people that, quote unquote, many would say have lived their lives, they have reared their children, they've made their contributions to the world. But John Piper said this. He said, nothing is inferior for being old. He said, and nothing is valuable for being modern. In our society, uh, it has been, they have been in a certain degree duped by the idea, or we have, by the idea of what's called deliberate obsolescence. And what that means is this, is whenever as a nation or as a society, the public discovered that, automobile tires wouldn't last forever after a while the tread would wear thin and they was going to have to only be on the car for so long before they could be replaced and when companies started to realize that they could estimate how long a refrigerator motor would run inside a refrigerator and that it would quit and that you know, you could only have a light bulb for so long and you could almost predict the amount of hours that it would run now you can go out to the store and buy one for how many hours you can go, it says on there about how many hours you're going to get out of a light bulb because they seen that it was something that was predictable. Whenever this all happened, it brought the idea of deliberate obsolescence, meaning that there is some point in time that things that we have or things that we own would absolutely become obsolete, not be able to work, not be able to function, not to be able to be used. And so most things, as you know it today, have a timed end. Uh, vehicles, it seems like, are made that after a five-year payment plan, that you're going to need one at the end of five years. 
You know what I'm talking about? It seems like things just don't last like they used to do, they sister Jess. They just don't last because there's a timed end to them. And so things now are no longer fixed. They're no longer repaired, but they're replaced, aren't they? Uh, they're, 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 they're not made to last. Uh, now it's not fixing things. It's why don't you try our new upgrade? We'll, we'll upgrade to something better. Amen. Newness now is what makes the world go around. Used to we'd pride ourselves about the longevity of our product the longevity of our vehicles, the longevity of this and that. That's not the thing anymore. We're not worried about quality. We just want the next new thing, the next upgrade that's going to come. And that idea became so pervasive that society started not just putting it on the things that they own, but they started even placing it on people. Someone say amen. Meaning this, that the aged or those that became elderly or old, that they just, you know, they've served their purpose in society or they served their purpose in time. And many times, even today's age, they are looked at as almost disposable when the Bible held them as people to be revered and to be respected. You know, these are elderly people, amen, that if they can't do as they once did, then, you know, people are thinking there's no purpose, quote unquote, in fixing them. But you need to replace them with something new a newer generation got better ideas so to speak and that's younger and better but there is a misconception in our day and sometimes it's even crept into the church that the best days of the elderly are behind them both secularly and religiously but I'm here to stand on this Sunday morning and tell you that cannot be further from the truth amen just because their hair has turned gray their hearing has been dull they don't have the same speed or strength that's in their bodies they are still a vital part and function of the apostolic church and of the church overall we need some age silver lined headed people in our generation they've not lost their purpose nor their function nor their usability nor their utility amen we need them today unlike ever before we don't need anything new we need the voice of an age to stand up and tell us about the good old truths of the word of God and his faithfulness. Amen. Through the years of their time, a God that was faithful to them that can be faithful to us. Can someone say amen? I understand. I'm not, I'm 40, but I, I, I'm picking up on a few things in my own body that I know is going to get worse in the next 40 years. And I understand that, sure, some of their pace may be slowed a little bit, and there, there may be a noticeable difference concerning they have some aches and pains that they used not to have, and, and there's physical restraints in their body that they've never had before. But that by no means sets them aside from being participants in life or being participants in. In the church, the patriarchs of the Old Testament, names that you would recognize of Isaac and Jacob, along with the priest of the Old Testament by the name of Eli. The Bible speaks of each of them at a time whenever they were aged and old, that their eyes grew dim with old age, where they could not see. Moses even says at 120 years old, he says, Lord, I cannot go out or come in any more like I used to. I can't go out to war and come into war like I used to. I'm an older man now. I can't. And yet the Bible says that his eyes in that moment whenever he died was not dim nor his natural force abated when he died. What that tells
tells me is this. Although there may be some things that are not like what they used to be for our elders today. Amen. There are some aspects of your life that still remain intact. There might be some things you no longer can do. But don't sweep what you can do away with what you can't do. Because there's still some things that the age can do in this generation. If you can't use your legs, then just use whatever is available or capable to be used for the kingdom of God. The Bible speaks in the book of Luke whenever Jesus was brought to the temple, amen, to be dedicated, amen, as a little lad of eight days old, that there were those that met him, amen, Anna and a Simeon, from which we get our Anna and Simeons of those of the elderly age. Anna, the Bible says, she had been a widow for several years, but the Bible says she stayed dedicated to the temple and the house of God, and she gave herself to prayer, and she gave herself the fastings. I guarantee you that Anna, at some 80 years old, there was something she couldn't do, amen, that she used to do when she was 40. But you know what she said? I might be 80, but that doesn't keep me from opening my mouth in prayer. That doesn't keep me from laying aside a meal to fast. That doesn't keep me from being at the house of God and surrendering whatever I do have available unto him. And somebody, can I hear an aged voice here today that says, there's some things I can't do, but there are still some things I can do. Amen. Someone say glory. Still some things that they could do. Anna wasn't going to say, well, I can't walk anymore, so I can't pray anymore. No, no. She wasn't going to sweep away what she could do just because there were some things that she couldn't do. Use what is available. A lady by the name of Joanne said this. She said, a burden of these years. This is a lady that's 70 years old. She says, a burden of these years is that we might allow ourselves to believe that not being as fast or as busy as we used to be is some kind of human deficiency. She says, but a blessing of these years is that we can come to understand that it is the quality of what we think and say that makes us valuable members of society, not how fast or how busy we are. Amen. What are you saying today, Brother McGee? I'm telling you this. I wouldn't want to have a Bible this morning without an aged Abraham in it. I wouldn't want a Bible today that, that didn't picture for me an aged Isaac and an aged Jacob in it because I need an old Jacob. It doesn't just show me his, his beginning of life and his midlife. It shows me his ending of life when he was old. I need an old Jacob that while he's laying on his bed that gathers his 12 sons together around his bed and he's pronouncing blessing upon their families and upon their lives. I need need an old Jacob because the blessing for the next generation it did not come upon them from their predecessors when their predecessors were young or when their predecessors were middle aged those blessings came on the next generation when that old wrinkled head reached up and said boys I'm going to be with those that went before me but before I go I got a word a blessing an admonition for your life you're going to prosper you're going to be a victorious warrior. You're going to be the head and not the tail. We need some old amen elders in our life today and in the church that we can look to, that can raise their hands in the golden years of their life and tell us this thing's not stopping with me. This thing's going to continue. This thing's going to go on. This thing's going to outlive me. 
I need an aged Abraham. I need an aged Isaac. I need an aged Jacob. I need that. Joseph needed that aged Jacob in his life. His aged dad in his life. Because the Bible says as he approached him with his grandchildren toward that aged Jacob, he seen, the Bible says, his dad worshiping while he leaned upon the top of his staff. Why do you think he had a staff? I know there were walking sticks in that day. But see, Jacob at this point in time is an aged man. That was more than just a stick that he had with him. That was absolutely something to lean on. His mobility wasn't what it used to be. But still, here is Joseph as he approaches his his aged father still sees him leaning on the staff. Amen. But he's not just leaning on it to keep balance. He's leaning on it to worship. He's leaning on it so he can still give something to the Lord. I need some aged people in this church. There have been several people that stood in this place today. I need some people in this church that will still, amen, arise, if you will, upon their staff and lean there for the purpose of worship and adoration and thanksgiving to God. You might not be able to get your hand up as high as you used to. You might not be able to run around the church but that doesn't keep you from some form of worship even now at this moment of time in your life. I need an aged person leaning on their staff in worship. Amen. Joseph needed, he needed that man. He needed to see him worshiping on that staff as an old man. As an old man, he needed those wrinkled hands to touch his children. He needed those wrinkled hands. Jacob touched his grandchildren. Not only did he bless his sons, but those grandchildren of Joseph that Joseph brought to him, Jacob reached out his hands and he blessed them. Note that even in that moment, Joseph thought that his elderly dad didn't know what he was doing. Thought his elderly dad had lost his ever mind. Because as Joseph is bringing those two boys to his dad, he had the firstborn in his left hand, meaning that that firstborn was going to reach his dad's right hand then, because that's the blessing of prominence should be put upon that boy. But as, as, as Joseph is pushing those boys toward Jacob, the Bible says that, that Jacob crossed his hands. He crossed his hands. Amen. Rather than this right hand going on the firstborn, he crossed it over. He crossed his hands and he stated a blessing upon those boys. And Joseph was thinking in that moment, Dad, you don't know what you're doing. Dad, you're laying your hands crossed upon these boys. No, the Bible says very plainly that that aged, old, gray-headed, if you will, wrinkled man, the Bible says he was guiding his hands wittingly. Amen. What do you saying then this morning brother McGee I'm saying this just because Jacob was old was no indication that he lacked any spiritual sensitivity are you hear me? Just because he was aged didn't mean he had to lack spiritual sensitivity. He guided his hands wittily because the purpose and the will of God was being done in the cross of his hands. And he asserted, Jacob told his son Joseph in the eyes and in the audience of those grandchildren, he said, Joseph, he says, I die. He said, but God shall be with me. 
with you. I need an old person in this generation to tell us and tell the church it might not be long till I go to my grave, but God is still going to be with you. God is still going to walk with you. God is still going to hear your prayer. God. I need, I need an older generation that can point me to God. I need an older generation that can point me to Him. That when trials come, when things happen that I don't understand, I need an older generation that says, I've been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. I've lived through similar things that you lived through. I've been through similar trials that you've been through. I've had the same pebbles hurt my feet. Honey, you don't need to give up. Point them to God. Point them to oh God. Point these are some of the strength that is in their years. I need, I need some aged people telling me that God's going to continue with me even whenever that generation dies off. I need some aged people that's going to tell the church that God is going to be with the church. Even though many of its members may be called before the church as a whole is called away, I need them to tell me that God is going to be with his church. I need to see them leaning on the tops of their staves. I need to see them worshiping the Lord. Our scripture text today, David was one of them, unlike Caleb. You know, I know maybe perhaps whenever you get age, you can almost get jealous over some people's physical conditions whenever you look at your own. It's like, man, they walk, they go around like they don't have a hurt or pain in their life. They just go do everything, you know, water skiing at 75. I'm serious. And you're thinking, I ain't going to get in a boat at 75. David was one of them. Unlike Caleb, you know, Caleb saying my strength is just as it was 40 years earlier. Give me this mountain, I'll go up, I'll fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was some other. Most of that generation died off. But if there was another aged person there, there probably one saying, <laughs> I can't even lift my feet up off the floor. You're talking about going up a mountain? David was like one of them. Unlike Caleb, David had felt the impact of age in his life. He felt the impact of the years in his life. He had led a hard life as Israel's celebrated warrior. He knew what fighting for everything that he had and for what the nation received. He, he knew what that was, and he knew the toil that that had taken upon his body. In one passage, it describes David as old. Just don't even try to sugarcoat it. It just describes him as old and unable to get heat. Which is, let's just get real. We, we don't have to try to have a vision and a dream about what this is all about. His circulation is just not like it used to be. And I hear some of the gray-headed, and I say that respectfully, people saying, uh-huh. Circulation, you know, you wear a coat in the summertime. Circulation is not like it used to be. You just can't get heat. David says, I'm old now. I feel the impact of my age, and I just can't get heat. To most, he probably appeared as as perhaps the shell of the man that he had once been, the warrior, the fighter, the shepherd, if you will, out in the field. He was the one, 
If you'll remember going to the valley of Elah there against Goliath, and he was the one that had the courage to state, is there not a cause? And now he's asking, is there not another blanket around here? You know, <laughs> It's hard to, hard to equalize these two things. He, he wrestles with his thoughts in our scripture reading today. He, he wrestles with his thoughts of God casting him off in his old age. David is wrestling with these thoughts. Maybe, maybe some of that pressure is even from the society that he lives in, but maybe it's just voices somewhat in his own head thinking that I've gotten old now. God, am I even any use to you? Thoughts of God casting him off in his old age. Can you imagine what may be going through David's mind? I can't get heat anymore. Poor circulation. I'm not the man, the warrior that I used to be. What use am I to the kingdom of God? I, I can no longer go into battle. I, I can't sit on the throne and manage the affairs of Israel as king as I used to. I can barely rise from my bed. I must be a burden to those that are aiding me and helping me. My strength that I was known for now fails me. Huh? My life has been identified with previous accomplishments in my life. I was the lion and the bear killer and the giant slayer. But what of those things now? He tells us that his enemies come together as a council and they say, God hath forsaken you. I don't know if with certainty whether these were literal people or just a myriad of thoughts that had formed in David's own mind. We don't know with certainty, but nonetheless, what he felt in the moment, we cannot discount. He felt that God might have forsaken an old man. I feel the, I feel the spirit here today. I feel like there might be some that's sitting among us here today that maybe even feel like sometimes if God even still yet remembers who you are because you've just grown so old in this personal life that you can't do or function in some of the capacities and do some of the things that you maybe used to have done even around the church and wondering what type of use or utility do you have to the kingdom? Am I even noticed for the kingdom of God? David was wrestling with some of the same thoughts. God, has God forsaken me? Am I any use to the kingdom of God? And yet, listen to me clearly, and yet while in this condition, this aged condition, amen, he's struggling to get heat for his body. David asserts then, amen, in another verse, in verse number 14, I believe it is. He says, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee. Praise God more and more. Someone say amen. An aged man said that. A frail man said that. A man whose life before being aged had undoubtedly been marked as a praiser, as a worshiper. One time the Bible says he was even, he was even used or participated in making instruments that were used in praise and worship. 
Much of the temple singing that we see in the temple of Solomon and the praise that takes place in the temple from there forward. Amen. Much of that can be attributed to the life of David. He instituted, amen, and instigated, if you will, most of those those things of praise and worship. Amen. And so there begins as David is questioning his use and whether God has forsaken him as an old man. There begins to surface a confidence in David's life. Amen. Thinking no doubt this. You know what? But God, life may have taken my strength and life may have stolen my, my heat, but I'm determined that it can't have my praise. It may take, if you will, my strength, but it can't have my praise. And he realizes just in a moment some things that he had pinned. He realizes he may be old. He says, but I'm not dead. And if there is breath, I understand. Let everything that have breath pray. He says, if there is breath, then there must still be praise. For I will hope continually, and I will yet praise the Lord more and more. Not less and less, but more and more. David, you tell me, sir, you tell me, sir, that instigated all this praise and worship around the temple. You tell me, sir, how in the world are you going to praise the Lord anymore? How are you going to do that? You already had one chance whenever you brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem and you danced and it's portrayed that you acted calamitously foolish before the Ark of the Covenant. How in the world are you going to top that? How in the world are you going to praise him more and more? I come to tell, amen, these elders in this house today that praise is not about calisthenics. Praise is not about loudness. Praise is not about extravagant movements. It may involve those things, but it isn't all just summed up in those things. Amen, at the core of praise, praise is about identifying what God has done for you. And David says, as an old man, I can look back over my life and I see the hills and I see the valleys and I see the fingerprints of God on all those circumstances and situations I will yet praise him more and more and more you know what he says I want to praise him more I want to praise him more my mouth's going to talk about his righteousness. My mouth's going to talk about his salvation. He says, for I know not, verse 15, I know not the numbers thereof. And what he's saying, so I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about this more and more. He said, but I'm telling you right now, I cannot even, I cannot even know the number of these things. He said, as an aged man, when I cast my eyes over my shoulders... I see, as an aged man, more things where God worked than when I was a young man. Because if you're a young man of 25 years old, you only got 25 years to look at. But when you get 70 years old, you got 70 years of history to look at where God intersected, where God intervened, where God walked along beside. He says, so at... At the age, the old age I am, he says, I got more and more to praise him for because I've had more and more years with him. 
I, I, I got so many occurrences in my days. I, I can just look back over my life and begin to take inventory. There have been more experiences that have taken place. Uh, so to speak, there's been more water that's went under the bridge. There's been more water that goes through the bridge. And so the man that may have been, you know, uh, uh, entertaining the idea of God forsaking him and overcome with thoughts of that is the same man, amen, that uh, arose in some hour in Psalms 37, 25, and he told a group of people, I have been young. I have been young. And now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging. Amen. He had a moment that he was a little unsure, but somewhere he found his bootstraps and he pulled up. He said, I was young. I am old now. And I've never seen God forsaken me. He didn't do it when I was young. He didn't do it when I was a young parent. He didn't do it in my middle life. He didn't do it when there was an emptiness. And he's not going to do it now that I'm old. He says, so I'm going to attempt to talk about God's righteousness. I'm going to attempt to talk about his, his, his salvation. He said, but I cannot know the numbers thereof. You know what David's saying? I can't sum it all up. Whenever I look back, I can't even sum it all up. I can't even give a good summary of everywhere that God has been. In other words, he says, I'm having a hard time fathoming the full extent of God's blessing upon my life. It's kind of like the old song, count your blessings, name them one by one. Here's David as an old man trying to count his blessings and name them one by one but he understands from the vantage point of an old man what God has done for me is much more than I can even know and much more than I can even tell and so I will yet praise him more and more that's the strength in years Note verse 9, he parallels his strength failing with old age. Cast me not in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Arranged like that, two lines. He's paralleling, paralleling his old age with strength failing. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. But verse 16, I'm going to try to number... I'm trying to do this, but I can't even fathom. I can't even get the whole extent of everything God's done for me. Look at verse 16. He said, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Verse 9. I'm owed. My strength is failing me. He's insecure about that. Verse 16. There's been a change. He says, my strength's failing me, so I'll go in the strength of the Lord. My, my strength's failing me, but I'll go on the strength of the Lord. Folks, that is the beauty of the aged. Health can't carry them. Vigor can't help them. But they can lean on the strength of the Lord. Mm, none of those other things, amen, can be of any aid to them. But when their strength faileth, they can lean on the strength of the Lord. You better know that David praised God more and more. He says in verse number 18, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, here he is again, until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Someone say hallelujah. 
Elders, you don't have to at this time of your life to just be waiting for the sun to set in your golden years. You can make notable contributions, and I'm not talking about money, with the time that you have afforded you in your life in these years. Generations sometimes after the age see them as frail. You know what they failed to recognize? They would have never made it to their present age had those elders been fragile. So us that are not yet there yet, we don't need to allow the physicalities, if you will, of the age to fool us. Because many, if not most of them, still house the same determined spirits of their youth. They're just in an aged body. And here we are, you know, young people. Here we are. I know they can't operate the latest cell phone. I get that. Right? Or the latest gadget with ease, you know, new technology. Technology is really subjective to the times. Because they might not be able to operate something new. But there's some of you that can't operate some of the things they had that are old. I thought it was hilarious not long ago. I seen they had some video up of some young person. They introduced them to a rotary dial phone. It was hilarious. They didn't, really, they didn't know how to dial a number, what to do. Now, you'll laugh at the age because they don't know how to operate your cell phone. But we could laugh at you because you wouldn't be able to know how to operate a rotary, a rotary dial phone. Right? Or a reel-to-reel player. Huh? Some of them wouldn't know what to do with a washboard. We think it's hilarious. They don't know how to do this. But there's stuff you wouldn't know how to do that they did in their generation. But I will tell you this. What they have more of than those that are coming up at that segment of their life is they have experience. Years of experience. Good and bad. And with that experience, now they have the time to practice what they've learned. In their years, and more importantly, as David is saying, to teach someone else, to teach the next generation. The lessons they will teach, lessons that they will teach will be the strength of the years. Because what they're going to do now, notice it in verse, in verse number eight, in verse number uh, 18, what David said, he said, I'm old, I'm gray headed, don't forsake me, God, until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation. That's important. That's important because the strength of their years is that they want to show the next generation not their personal strength, but the strength of their God. So we're old, but don't forsake us until we've showed this generation your strength. And God's strength is never any more manifested than in the weakness of our old age. Take someone young, strapping young fellow, strength, health, you know, perfect, you know, whatever happened in their life. It's hard to divide that if that was God helping them or if that was just them being a successful individual. But you take somebody aged that don't have the health, don't have the body, and you see the strides in their life. And you know what you know without doubt 
That's not them. That must be their God. That's the strength in their years. David says, David says, I don't have a sling right now in my hand. I could probably even lift it up like this and put a rock in it. I can't swing it around. I feel like my head's going around some days, but I can't swing it around. Huh? I can't, I can't, I can't cast a javelin or a spear. So I can't show them all of that, of the warrior that I was. But I can show them the warrior that he is. <laughs> Whoo! I could testify of his power to every generation that is to come after me. The Bible says in Isaiah 46, in verse number 4, And even to your old age, I am he, God says. Even to four hairs, which is, is meaning gray hairs, will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. That was his message to those that were aged. The strength of your years is that God carries you. The strength of your years, the testimony of your years, is that God bears you up in your old age. We depend upon him, amen, perhaps more than any other segment of our life when we were young or middle age. Perhaps more than any other segment is in our old age. And David says, that alone provokes me to praise him more and more. If you'll stand with me today. David says, less praise is not the mark of old age. He said, no. He said, more and more praise is the mark of old age. And it's there because of the strength of my years. The strength of my years is the strength that he gives me, that he bears me with, that he carries me with. So, yes, I had a good representation of grandparents here today, and that tells me that there's a shift in the dynamic age culture of even this church. I'm telling you today, don't hang your harp on a willow somewhere so you don't have nothing to offer, nothing to give. Don't just look at the physical body or the mind that may not be as sharp as it used to be. Be a Anna. Be a Simeon that says, I'm not going to depart until I've seen the Lord's Christ. What he's waiting for, he's waiting to see Jesus. He's waiting to experience, amen, that, that great new birth until he held him in his arms. Be, be a be an aged person that says, you know what? I still got a purpose. Still got a purpose. Uh-huh. Still have a job and a road to fulfill. I still have a voice. Still have a voice. And mark it well, folks. Whether you perceive it or not, generations coming after you are looking to you. They're looking to you. They're looking how you act. They're looking about they're looking at your faithfulness. They're looking to you. They're, that you are the only indicator. That they have about what life will be like when they get there. And so we can either picture for them nothing but grumbling and complaints and backbiting and gossip and negativity. Or we can picture for them 
there's some strength in my years. And I want you to know at this point you can praise the Lord more and more. We bow our heads all over this place today. Hallelujah. We open this altar today. Father, I come to you right now. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, today, God, over our grandparents. I pray, Lord Jesus, today, God, over our aged. God, those, Lord, 65 and those, Lord, that are older in the 70s and in their 80s. God, many of which have fought some good fights, many of which have given themselves to acts, Lord Jesus, of the church. They have cooked meals. They have taught Sunday school classes. They have cleaned the house of God. They have showed up on work days, Lord. They have given of their time and they have given of their finances and still, Lord Jesus, faithfully do in many of those respects. But God, I feel in my spirit today, Lord, as I was approaching this day, that there may be some that are doubtful about, Lord, their placement, doubtful about their utility and their use in the kingdom of God feeling as though they don't have anything to offer they can't offer what they used to offer and then as a result of that then feeling as though they just don't have anything at all to offer God I combat that lie I combat that seed of deception Lord that would come into their mind and their heart Lord Jesus they have some strength in their years that's only been made available to them because of the time of life that they're in right now God help them Lord to cast their eyes over their shoulder help them to testify of the strength of the Lord help them Lord to praise you more and more God if they've ever shouted or danced or walked the aisle God they can do something Lord of a great magnitude today as they cast their eyes over their shoulder of 80 and 75 and 60 years that the Lord has strengthened them and empowered them and helped them I pray oh Lord today God minister to their lives this morning hallelujah can we raise our hands across this place is there an elder that will raise their hand today and that will say brother McGee I I know my health isn't like it used to be and I don't always feel well but if I can find the strength in my body I'm going to pull myself up on the top of my staff and I'm going to worship the Lord if God will enable me I'm going to stretch forth my hand and I'm going to bless the generations that are coming after me I'm going to tell them that I may die But God is going to be with you. God is going to be with you. So are you going to tell them, David? I'm going to tell him that I committed adultery and flubbed up, but I found repentance and God was merciful. What are you going to tell them, David? I'm going to tell them I I lost several of my own children before I ever passed. They died before I did, but God was my comforter. David I'm going to tell him that I had friends conspire against me and people that I was in leadership amen with that desired to have my head but I'm going to tell him that God was my protector we need the voice we need the voice you got you got some strength in your years you need to share with us you got some strength in your years you need to share with us you need to be a word of comfort to someone that is flailing you need to be a word of comfort to someone that is deceived where they are in their in their middle aged young years of their life feeling as though they'll never be able to make it you need to be if you will the, the picture you need to be the example you need to be the one that says look right here 
Look, this is the strength in years. And I'll yet praise Him more and more. Your best years ain't behind you. Your best years ain't behind you. Your better health may be behind you, but your best years ain't behind you. There's some strength in your years. Oh, let's raise our hands all across this place right now again. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, I speak against, Lord, every voice that may, Lord, echo in their mind that says God's just forsaken them. They have no use. They have no purpose. You're just a washed up, once had been. No, 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 no. There's some strength in some years here today. There's some strength in some years here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Would our grandparents come forward today? And our grandparents, can our grandparents come forward today? When our grandparents and our aged, amen, to come forth today. Hallelujah. Just line from left to right up at this altar this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know, listen, I know everybody thinks, man, you know, as a young person, it's like, man, just can't wait to retire. I tell you, some of these people, whenever they retired, you know what they, you know what happened? They felt like life no longer had a purpose. Many of them worked the same job 30, 40 years. Whenever they stopped working, the label and title of their life no longer there. So right. who am I now? Who am I now? Amen. I want us to understand as a, as a church that there's strength in these years right here strength and I want the other people young people all that's involved here and just find your elder to get behind or get in front of be gentle with them lay hand on their shoulder on their back and I want you just to pray with them pray that pray pray purpose into their life because these are not purposeless people this is not where we're just casting our feet up on some stool and watching the years go by now until finality no there's still yet great contribution that can, can happen. There's strength in these years. Will you right now? Amen. Those that will. Amen. Find somebody. Get behind them. One of these elders. Pray with them. Or just move around and mingle among them. Amen. Let's pray for them. There's strength in their years. Some of them's got, they're combating doubts. Combating doubts. Feeling maybe a little forsaken. A little, just don't know where their place is anymore. Amen. You need to pray with them. There's some of them. I'm telling you, there's some of them that's battling voices in their head. They feel like they have no use. Amen. They really have no purpose. You know, come on. Come on, young people. Lift your voice. You're going to be in that same place years removed from now. Years removed from now, you'll be in that same place. There's strength in these years. There's stories. There's voices. There's encouragement. There's protection. There's strength in these years. Strength in these years. Strength in these years. Hallelujah. They might not be able to show you their strength anymore, but they can show you the strength of the Lord. That's what David said. I'm going to show them the strength of the Lord. I'm going to show them the strength of the Lord. He said, my strength faileth. He said, but, but God is, is my strength. Strength in these years. Oh yeah, come on. This is great. Nothing wrong with this today. This is great. 
This is a large constituency of the people that's here today, right here in these years. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost direction. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Rear up Anna. Rear up a Simeon. Rear up a purpose. Lord, they're not going to mindlessly, Lord, just eke out their time here on the earth. No! They're going to show us the strength of the Lord through the deficiencies of this segment of their time of life. Oh, yes. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.